Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I am your host, Mandy Beverly. This is a podcast for women by women. As we know, a rising tide lifts all boats, but sometimes we know there can be a few stormy seas. So when the tough times happen, the proverbial hits the fan, what do you do? Who do you have to become in the process? That's the real story, and that's remarkable. We love to tell the story of women that are a few steps further ahead on their own entrepreneurial journey. They know exactly what it feels like to be where you are. So these women are not only paving the way for themselves, but they're also paving the way for the women that follow in their footsteps. This is Remarkable Woman Radio. Welcome back to Remarkable Woman Radio. I'm Mandy Beverly, and today I'm here with Joe Douglas. Um, welcome along, Joe. Thanks for having me, Mandy. Now, Joe, you're an employment lawyer with Douglas Erickson, and these must be very interesting times to be in the role that you are. Uh, yes, um, I, I think I think the word unprecedented has been overused, but it's fair to say that employers are facing a lot of challenges in a situation where the employment rules and uh, the game plan is changing almost on a daily basis. So that's really, really challenging for everyone. Like even just, as you say, the the pitfalls of navigating a system like what we've got at the moment and, as you say, the rule changing and things like that, and then you're bringing in all of the the legal aspect and the um, I was looking at your blog and there's a lot of nitty-gritty stuff around on there, which if you need to, go to douglaserickson.co.nz and have a look because these guys have actually put a lot of thought into some of the articles on their site, um, anything from vaccines and sick leave and travel bubbles. And, you know, and when you start adding that into what everybody's just trying to do business day to day, must be a real minefield, you know, just your phone must be ringing off the hook at the moment, is it? Yeah, that's right. And the issues have evolved over the last 18 months. And this year, we've really seen a lot of uncertainty around the issue of vaccinations in the workplace. And this week, we have seen uh, some much clearer guidance from the government. So, uh, we're in a position of advising employers as they go through this process uh, to, to to understand what of this applies to them and how they can actually make sense of it. Uh, and of course, employers are trying to do this in an environment where they are looking to keep their business going in a situation where there's massive restrictions in many areas and, and it's super challenging without the overlay of, you know, what are the rules now around uh, vaccines or you know what we pay our staff etc I know it's, it's just it's really interesting so on your website you've got that you do modern employment law and I just thought wow if ever there was a great statement that is one um, because there must be as we've just talked about a lot of pitfalls um, as well as some upsides but quite a lot of pitfalls at the moment as employers are navigating this so why would they come along to you as an employment lawyer well, we do try to provide very practical hands-on advice. So don't come to us if you want a very formal legal opinion. Uh, well, you may do, but also alongside that, we are going to provide you with some actual practical steps on how to deal with the situation that's in front of you. And if it's a problem of some sort, we're focused on 
solving that problem so that everyone can move forward and we can have happy and productive workplaces rather than ones where there are a lot of challenges. Yeah, because, I mean, we spend so much time at, at work, don't we? So you might as well have it as happy and productive as you possibly can. <laughs> a, happy, a happy workplace is also a productive one. And so that's why it's important that issues are resolved at an early stage. A lot of people will leave it to the last minute to talk to their lawyer. When if you bring in someone at an early stage, we can often sort out problems before they even arise. And so that's where you're actually getting a, a real productivity gain by engaging with your advisors at an early stage. Yeah, that's so cool. Because um, a, a lot of us think, oh, it's an added expense. But in actual fact, you could actually be saving them a lot of time, heartache, headaches and money at the same time, I imagine. Yes, that's right. I think that is that is true. And we do actually see that where we come in, we effectively partner with an employer to, to find a solution to keep them on the right track. But sometimes we brainstorm with them and, and then as a team, we come up with a solution that works for them and which is in compliance with the law. Yeah, the most important part, right? <laughs> There's always consequences if you go outside the law. <laughs> I talk about universal law and there's consequences <laughs> if you go outside universal law like gravity, for instance. But, um, yeah, our social laws are very, very important. But how do you stay ahead of the game? Because you are juggling so much. You know, so how do you do it? We have a fairly tight team at Douglas Erickson and we rely on the strength of that team to cover what we need to know. So if as a team we see that something's come through uh, in the media or in a legislative update that's important, then we share it, we form a view on what it means and how we can actually help our clients. And we try to be as proactive as we can about keeping our clients informed of things that might impact on them. In that way, we're ensuring that we do the best possible job and that we are on top of you know, what's happening. And in this environment is changing daily. So we do need to be very uh, aware of, you know, what is the latest rule, guideline, uh, et cetera, that an employer may need to be aware of. Because it is quite a minefield, right? So it's, and they must be going, we've got enough to think about, as we said before, because of they're just trying to stay in business at the moment, let alone, let alone trying to navigate everything else that they've got to go. So I can imagine you must be an amazing resource to have at the end of the phone. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to do it, but don't we? So, <laughs> yes. You know, because you've got a young family as well and you've got this big job and business and career and everything. So how do you do it? Look, I, we're all searching for balance, aren't we? And I think that lockdown has challenged a lot of people Particularly at level four, I actually found it uh, quite a good thing because lockdown meant that I had more time to spend with my three-year-old boy and I didn't have to rush around as much in terms of getting in the car and getting out of the car and uh, doing all those things. So it was actually a simple life. So I think it's about appreciating what's in front of you and doing what's important and also making sure that you're, you're resourced 
well. So if you need backup, you've got backup. So you can actually get to your desk and then do what you need to do and, and work out ways that you can make that work for yourself. Are you super disciplined about time in the office or are you just more like, okay, I've got all this work ahead of me. I'm just going to go for it. I mean, how do you structure it? I think the beauty of running your own business is you can apply a level of flexibility that works for you. So there'll be times when we've got a lot more work on than other times. And so if we've got a lot on, then I focus and sit down and do that work. And if we're a bit lighter on work, then I might spend more time doing the family things. So I think that's that's really the beauty of it, uh, to, to work in a way that, that works for you. What would be a myth that you'd like to debunk about the industry that you're in? You know, like it's... Um, is it that you're too expensive or is it that, you know, people can do it themselves? The DIY approach to employment law doesn't sort of sound very uh, a good option at the moment. So what was what would be a myth you'd like to debunk about your industry? Yes, I think that uh, overcharging is an issue because it is about value. And we do see examples of a DIY attempt on something and it goes horribly wrong and people don't appreciate the value that we're adding at an early stage and also when there is a problem you know what we actually do to help resolve that problem in in an effective way and a lot of time and expertise goes into what we do and I think it's important to um to reflect on how I'm going to invest in my lawyer to get the most out of that. And and that's going to help me run my business in a way that manages risk and also increases productivity. When you're working with someone, what do you decide is, uh, what do you see as a great example of a happy, productive workplace? I, I think it really speaks for itself. Uh, I mean, you will see a real benefit around staff retention and, you know, key indicators of, uh, you know, turnover and things like that. Um, and hopefully you'll be getting results in terms of, you know, your output and your and your productivity. And that'll be signs that you've, you've got things right. If there's a lot of disagreement, disharmony in the workplace, then something may need to change. And it might even be that some of the people need to change. And some employers will be hesitant to make hard decisions in that area. But of course, um, with the right help, these things can be done and it can improve y- your team cohesiveness and uh, your, your output and productivity. So do you think people are afraid to change? Uh, some, some people are afraid of conflict and change uh, or just the uncertainty of processes that they don't know how to manage. And I always think a, a restructuring is a good example of where we add value because we might have one consultation that irons out some some small issues around a process that save a lot of time and challenge further down the track. And at times I'll only have one consultation and then an employee can go off and, and run their process uh, with, with very little issue arising. And that's an example of where I think we really add value. That's really cool. Mm. Um, so what's the, what's the kind of the, the, the range of things that you can do? Because I know on your website, which I think is it's beautiful, clear and concise, and just but the topics I just think is, that you cover are amazing, but you've got things like advocacy and employee documentation and advisory and health and safety and workplace investigations and training. I mean, those are huge topics. So as an employer, where do you start with all of that? 
Well, we, we, as you've read on our website, we cover the range of issues that might arise in an, an employment situation. We usually start with what employers need at the time. And sometimes those things are the less contentious things. I've just been reviewing someone's handbook. But at other times, we might be helping them with a difficult serious misconduct investigation. Um, and for other employers, we might be asked to actually do that investigation ourselves and provide a report so it really depends what is going on. What we do can be quite responsive. So if, if something happens, uh, then you know we can step in and help with that. But equally, we're there to also uh, get the paperwork in order at the front end. Yeah, it sounds really important. So what made you start? How did you how did you decide to go and be a lawyer? Do you like reading? <laughs> How did I decide to be a lawyer? You're, you're asking me to go back a long way in time there, Mandy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I yeah. think I just fell into it. And I fell into employment law in particular by taking the first job at the Department of Labor uh, when I was a graduate, which turned out to be quite a formative time. Um, so some, sometimes in life we just follow our nose, don't we? Yeah, that's quite a good answer because sometimes we can overthink things too much, can't we? Rather than go, well, you know what, this is here, I'm going to give it a go, you know, see if I like it. And I think intuitively you know what will suit you and then you bring a passion to it. And as you go through this as a career in employment law, it's very much about the people and making sure that you are looking after people both on the employer side and on the employee side. And it's possible to do that even if you're acting for employers. And it's something that I think is quite important that we make sure that when we're advising employers that they they are there to to look after their employees and treat them as fairly as they possibly can, even if they're making some hard decisions that might impact on their employment. So that's what keeps me in employment law is, uh, you know, the real real value add that you're adding to people's lives because we're at work for most of our waking hours and it's really important that people have a respectful and fair working environment. Yeah, I think that's great. It's, and it's good to know because there seems to be so much to stay on top of. Like it's quite mind-bending for me when I think about what you do. Um, so I'm always interested to know what keeps people there and just what you're saying, how you relate everything back to, to how you can help people is brilliant. Um, so with Remarkable Women Radio, I like to know what happens when we are – you know, when the proverbial hits the fan, and obviously at the moment in New Zealand, you know, we've got a little bit of that going on, quite a lot of that going on, actually. But how do you cope personally? Look, I think when things get difficult, it's about focusing on what is really important. I'm not a believer in juggling because I'm not in the circus. I think it's important (laughs) to try and focus on one thing at a time and, and, work through a solution for the the most significant thing that's happening and to try and keep it in perspective. And at times we feel overwhelmed. That's about having strategies to manage yourself. And I think having been in this career for quite a while, I've, I've learned how to do that because we're dealing with difficult things all the time. It's really important to be able to manage how we're responding to the things that we're dealing with. So important. Oh my goodness. 
Um, I like that what you said about um, not being in the circus, so therefore not juggling, because I find um, when I try and multitask now, it just doesn't work so well. Like I think I can manage a lot. I've got three children and when they were little, I you know, could be across, you know, well, preserved assumed I was and so um so now I think you know if I multitask but I just don't don't do very well when, when I do it you know it's far easier just to focus on one thing at a time and I just think that's a really good strategy especially in this day and age when there's just so much coming at people right and they just can be all over the place inside their minds that's right. And I think that this is a, a time of real information overload and it's very hard for people to switch off. I have to say one of my strategies through lockdown has been to get books, like hard copy books, because you can switch off completely from your technology. And this is becoming a bit of a dying art, but I think it's a really valuable thing to do to have somewhere you can go where you you, you really switch off for you know, a period of time that you allow yourself. And that way you, you can actually settle your mind and it brings you a lot more energy when you come back to, uh, you know, all the things that we have on our plate and need to do. Man, any good books that you can recommend? Well, I've become really obsessed with Leanne Moriarty, who's an Australian author. So I've just been tuning through her books. They're real page tuners. You just can't put them down. Um, Joey, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what advice would you love to have given her at any age? I think it's about having the confidence to just be yourself and to own your own personality, your own preferences, and to know that you've got more capacity or capability than you think you do have in those challenging times in particular. Uh, I think those are the most important things to think about when you're developing your career, um, particularly in a profession like being a lawyer is actually not about knowing everything. It's about finding solutions in a period of uncertainty and we're real problem solvers. So when you're at the beginning of your career, you don't know everything because you literally don't know everything. But that's not necessarily a problem. It's about how you actually work through those problems to come up with a solution that makes sense. Who's been really influential in your life, do you think? Have you got someone that's been quite influential at a certain time in your life? Off the top of my head, I have to say my mother. <laughs> Mums would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and she from the bottom that. of my yeah. heart as well. <laughs> Do I have to elaborate on that? And why I think should that be everyone, such an knows, everyone knows that their mother's probably the most influential person in their lives. Uh, I think that, um, you know, mothers are such, uh, you know, in my life anyway, a very uh, strong and powerful influence in terms of uh, encouraging you and motivating you to do what needs to be done and, and to bring out the best uh, in you as a child and as a person in society. So... Um, it's not an easy job, as you as you know, is it? No, that's right. When you become a mother, then you really appreciate your mother even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you could have dinner with three people, whether they be alive or dead, and I kind of love asking this question, Joe, because um, I get some very 
um, amazing answers. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to come to dinner there. And, you know, and so if you could choose three people alive or dead, who would you choose and why would you choose them? I might struggle with three. I came up with John Bon Jovi, but I think it was just because you mentioned dead or alive. And uh, I think I'm a bit open to suggestion on that. I was a bit of a John Bon Jovi fan uh, in my younger years. (laughs) So uh, let's just stick with one. Oh, that'd be nice. It'd be a nice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also a he he could bring the rest of the band with him then, couldn't he? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of him and I like him from the, the um, one of his movies, I think Valentine's Day or something like that. I, I like it in there. So, um, but he's, he's really cool. And what advice would you like to give women in business? You know, like that is obviously can't be too too detailed. But if you were giving advice to women, you know, starting, owning their own business, growing it, what advice would you give them? I think it's important to decide at the outset how far they want to go in terms of being in business. Because for a lot of women, they they do still have quite uh, significant family commitments And I always thought that was a bit of a cliche until I had a child myself. (laughs) And so I can now speak from personal experience on that. Um, And it doesn't actually have to be a limitation, but you do sometimes have to make a choice. And so if your choice is to, you know, spend a lot of time and energy in your business, you do need to have that backup. And I think it's about being really practical about how you go about Uh, making those things work and being realistic about that because they will otherwise be, you know, quite competing uh, things in your life and create some tension for you. Because how do you cope with the guilt of, of, you know, because we're all guilty if we don't spend enough time here and there. So how do you cope with that? Because that is a huge problem, I'm sure, for a lot of friends of ours you know that people we know and they 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 want to do this but then they're kind of drawn over here and then they end up feel, feeling guilty because they actually want ambition themselves they want to mm. achieve and do things so you know what advice do you give them for that or how do you cope with that I think that you need to approach the question instinctively to say where am I being drawn what is the most important for thing for me right now because you might have almost an abstract concept of your ambition and career but actually if you check in with yourself you might say no actually right now my the most important thing is my family and it's a perfectly legitimate decision to make equally it's a perfectly legitimate decision to say I'm going to focus on my business right now and so I think you just need to be clear about that choice and know that it's right and then carry on your path and then and then you can free yourself from that sense of guilt because there's no point being guilty, you know, feeling guilty. You're not guilty of anything. You're just living your life. Uh, and so it's a bit of a wasted emotion, I think. I agree because you're trying to really at the end of the day, you're just trying to please everybody, including yourself. And I think so many of women I talk to, they're leaving themselves out of their own lives and they sort of run themselves ragged trying to do everything for everyone else. But actually, I love your answer. We just check in and just see what's what fits. And if if, if work is, is it, building your business is it, then what strategies or what, what backup can you put in place? Yeah, so important. And 
how do you think the workplace is doing it at the moment where so many are at home? I think it's an underestimated pressure that a lot of people are actually homeschooling their children or looking after small children and working at the same time. And it's almost impossible to do. And I think that, you know, that pressure, I, I, I'm surprised that it's not actually uh, articulated or there's no real discussion of it that I've seen in the media. And yet it, I think it's a really significant issue. Um, it needs to be taken into account when decisions are being made about what happens next. I think everyone's going to be super excited when we can get kids back to school for their own benefit, um, but also, you know, to relieve some of that pressure also on the on the working parents that are at home homeschooling their children at the same time as working really yeah and then you've and then you've got employers that are now trying to look after these remote teams as well of people is there a trust involved in all of that do you find or are there lots of mechanisms that employers can put in place if their teams are now dispersed around the home um, are they seeing more productivity from from this or less productivity? What what do you perceive people are, are noticing in the workplace? I mean, right now we're in this emergency type situation. I think what was more interesting was what was happening prior to lockdown when a lot more people were working from home by choice and a lot of employers were allowing it or even encouraging it because they were seeing real productivity gains. So rather than being distrustful, uh, it, it was more beneficial for an employer to say, how can we make this work for us? Because for some employees, they love working from home, uh, maybe not all the time, but they like working from home some of the time and they can just get on with their work. And, uh, and so working from home, it may well be that it's uh, an ongoing trend that you know there will be an element of it once we return to normal whatever that's going to look like, right? <laughs> the new normal is going the to be quite normal. different. And the only yeah. other issue arising is some employers are not keen on working from home in the new normal. And so people have become very comfortable with it. And, uh, you know, why can it not continue? That Those are the sorts of issues that employers will be grappling with. Uh, and it will be about consultation, talking to your staff about how can we make this work for our business and also for you as an employee that this can be an enhancement to how you work uh, and also an enhancement for us and what we get out of it. It must be quite an interesting time for you being in the in the area where you are um, as you're watching the morphing going on of the workplace and, the, and how people are, are coping and all of that. It must be quite interesting just to it's either quite heartbreaking or interesting one or the other I'm not quite sure which way it will fall sometimes do you want to talk about that yeah look it's an interesting time I think that we all just have to be quite patient and, and accepting of what's going on we might be talking to the CEO of a business and their dogs barking in the background you know um, we might have our cat's tails walking in front of our zoom consultations etc and we've all got the same sorts of issues and we we might just decide that it is actually quite a good thing that we've got more flexibility in terms of uh, how we present ourselves and, and how we engage provided that what we're doing is quality and, and and we you know moving things forward with what we need to be doing yeah no that's you sound like a very good as I've said before a very good resource for people to have on hand and it must be 
actually quite comforting for them to realize that you juggle the same things that they're doing, but then you have the knowledge to help them out of real problematic situations or how to prevent them as well. Uh, yes, hopefully that's right, Mandy. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Uh, we're, we're all humans. We're all, yeah, that's it. We all are. <laughs> yeah. And talking about being human, um, my question, which a lot of uh, my guests that I have on here sort of squirm a bit, but I, I love to ask it anyway. And um, because I think it's all, we're all a bit shy about tooting our own horn and to actually go, you know what, what is remarkable about who we are and what we do. And because, you know, I think I've got this saying, I want to help people own their greatness as well as their smallness. And so we're so good at putting ourselves down. So, Joe, um, what is remarkable about who you are and what you do? I think what is remarkable is that I come with a lot of heart to the issues that uh, I'm dealing with. And this in particular, this time in particular is something that a lot of people are experiencing a lot of emotions around the changing rules and what does it mean and what do we do with things like vaccinations and so forth. So I think what's remarkable about my approach is that I do come as a whole person that I think about how a situation may impact on different people in, in the same situation and try and come up with real solutions that really empathise with what's going on with all people that are affected by a particular situation. And, and in that way, we can hear people and we can find real solutions that work for everybody. Yeah, because I think that's a, that's, a, that's a beautiful answer, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much, <laughs> because I know it's a real, um, it is a push just to actually think about how you do approach your life and your business and, and what you do. And I think it's really important for us. I mean, personally, I'd hate the question to be asked back at me, but you know, that's okay. I'm, I'm interviewing, so <laughs> I, get to, I get to ask the questions. Um, but just before we go, Joe, what would be one piece of advice that you would love to um, leave our listeners today with, whether it's, it's, um, it could be life or business. I, I think it is important to come to life and business as, a, as, a, as your true self to bring your whole person to a situation. And that's not to say that you can't be professional uh, and, uh, you know, and, and to, to, to present yourself in a particular way, but also to come with that, that heart, that feeling, and to, to instinctively know uh, what you need to do in any given situation. And if you trust your own instincts, then you, you, you're much more likely to have better outcomes. Yeah, that's really cool. Trust, I think, is a really important thing. Thank you so much for joining me. I know we could actually, I could dive down into a lot more nitty-gritty because I know you're sitting on a huge amount of information on how you can help people navigate them, their, themselves and their businesses through this very unprecedented time I know as you said it's an overused word but it is quite a cool word to describe what's going on um, so thank you so much for joining me Joe. I really appreciate it thanks Mandy now you can get hold of Joe at douglaserickson.co.nz so I'll put all your details Joe, as well in the show notes but thank you so much really appreciate your time today Thank you for listening to Remarkable Woman Radio. For more episodes and more details of today's show, please go to remarkablemindset.com. Let me ask you, what makes you remarkable? Remarkable.